Welcome to the Anya Project Podcast. I'm your host, Aubrey, and here we work to rewire our brains to create a life that feels good from the inside out. Anya means mama in Hungarian, but it also stands for a new you again, and that's exactly what you'll find here. This podcast will help you think differently and feel empowered within yourself, in your relationships, and with God. So take a deep breath, lean in, and join us as you discover a new you again. Hey friends, welcome to this week's episode. I thought it would be fun this week to have a candid conversation um, with my spouse who has helped me so much through my mental health, whether it be postpartum depression, anxiety, um, any of those things. We had a, a conversation a few months back that I thought was so good. I just share a little bit about his part in the whole thing and how at first it was a little bit hard to navigate and I thought I'd just let you in on this really candid conversation, um, Zoom coaching call that we had and um, kind of share our experience with you there. So we will just dive into that conversation. I wanted to have Shay join us because he has been a huge um, a huge piece of the puzzle in my healing. And I just, I wanted to kind of bring his perspective in too, because as a husband and a spouse and someone that is supposed to be really supportive, like it is really hard to open up what you're feeling sometimes and just to create that trust and safety between you two. And so I wanted him to join us tonight and give him, give everybody kind of his take on things and, and everything. So maybe I'll just start by kind of sharing a little bit of the background story for those of you who don't know too much about um, kind of how this all happened with opening up to him. But when I was going through postpartum depression, I literally felt like I wanted him to know I was like a killer mom. Like I could do everything and I could breastfeed easily and I could just do everything. I had this image in my head that I thought he thought I was and I wanted to live up to that. And so when I felt like I wasn't and I was caught up in depression, it was so hard to figure out just how to navigate that, how to navigate a new relationship after having kids. I mean, just you're thrown for a loop after every kid, I feel like, don't you? Every time it's something different. So um, for mine, when I was going through postpartum, I felt postpartum depression. I felt like um, I just, I felt like a monster. I felt like if I told him, he would think I was crazy. Like I literally thought he would just be like, what the, and want to leave. Like, I just, I don't know why, but I had these crazy thoughts of just like, he's going to think I'm a terrible mom that I'm like having intrusive thoughts that are so terrifying to even myself that of course, if they're scary to me, they're, he's going to think they're scary. And that like, who does he live with? Like, this is terrifying. And so I like, I was quiet about it for a little while and I just silently suffered. And then, um, I had a friend actually, and it was his cousin actually at like a family party. She just was like, I have always had depression after my babies. How are you feeling? And she just like opened it up to me somehow. And she's like, please just like go home and tell Shay, like, please, like whatever you do, just go home and tell Shay. So that night I went home and I just was like, okay, something is not right. And it was really hard at first to tell him. And I don't know why I just had this like feeling of um, he was going to think I was crazy or he didn't think I was a good mom or I couldn't, I wasn't strong enough to do it or that I just wasn't doing a good job. And so I had this, this false image of myself in his brain that I had to live up to. And I wasn't doing that. So it was really hard to open up. But the second I opened up was literally 
just like the first step to healing with everything, whether it was like, I went to see the doctor or got a medication or started some mindfulness work or done different ways to rewire my brain, just everything I've done, I felt like telling him was the first step. So maybe give like your side of things. Um, <laughs> he's, he's a man of a lot of words, but maybe just give your side of things and like why he, he honestly thought like depression, and anxiety, that it was kind of in people's heads at first. Like he didn't know a ton about it and he just kind of thought, like, I mean, I always thought it was legit, but I did feel like you could overcome it just out of, you know, utilizing your will and your mind and overcoming it that way. But I've come a long way. We've come a long way in this journey, and we've had to have a lot of you know, open discussions and keep that dialogue going. And, and at first, I... You know, pushed away, pushed against medicine, and pushed against that angle. And um, over time, as I've done on my part in looking into it more and understanding more about anxiety and postpartum depression, it's been really eye-opening for me. And so I think it goes both ways that you each have to kind of understand where each other is and where you both want to go and those gaps that you might not be on the same page with and figure out ways to, to work through it together. So like when I was telling you like our initial conversation, did you think I was a monster? Like, did you think I was crazy? No, not at all. It's just, I didn't, I didn't feel like it was, I probably didn't feel as big of a deal as it, as you felt it was though serious as as it probably was at the time like you just kind of were like it's fine you'll be fine kind of like a tough love like you'll be fine right okay so tell us maybe like your perspective on like where did you go to learn more about it or like how did you I don't know tell me well tell me that and then I have a follow-up question to that too okay I think nonchalantly I'd just start asking closer family and friends, you know, they've had people that deal with it. Um, and then as I was getting into my career, it was in the healthcare field. So luckily I was able to be, you know, in touch with other doctors and nurses and ask them and get medical opinions as well. And so that was, that was very helpful, but also. And validating for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but researching even just on the internet and in different books and things just trying to educate myself in multiple ways i don't think there was there's one best way to to go about it but um just trying to go to various sources and, and learn as much as possible about it. so like at what point were you like okay this is actually something she's like dealing with dealing with like it's not just something she can just look at the bright side of things like what at what point did you feel like okay this is like a real issue um, I mean, as I could tell how you were reacting over time, after that initial conversation, I was more observant. It caused me to try and be more aware and more present. And so I noticed it more and that caused me to do that more research. And then I think ultimately it was a, a primary care physician, my own, you know, that was, I was talking with and, you know, he was just pretty blunt about it and this is a real thing. And 
Were you talking to him about me having it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like what would help? Okay, so really quick too. So tell them really fast. So you got you got your bachelor's in communications and then you went and did your MHA, which is his master's in healthcare administration. So I feel like Shay, when I had depression and I was really in that terrible spot, um, he came home with I got I called the doctor, they sent me a a prescription without even like seeing me because I could just tell and he went and picked it up and he's like okay I have this medicine I put it in the cupboard but I want you to try like certain things first and I remember feeling like are you kidding like I just I need something like I'm desperate and at that point I was like bedridden a little bit like I could not think of any ways to get out of bed other than like I just need help and I don't know how to help myself so um looking back like obviously he gave me that space to find different ways to heal but I want to talk about the medication stuff really fast because he's seen me both like try to find things to naturally heal. And he's also like seen how I've been able to wean on and off of medication. But I think just for like the husbands that are listening, maybe just kind of talk about why, like where your stance is. Like I know some husbands out there are so supportive and want their wives to get on medicine and others aren't like maybe just say what your feelings are or where you were coming from with that perspective. Or maybe go back to where like you brought that home and you were trying to get me to do more things. Yeah, I think initially, I didn't want to jump right to the medicine. I wanted to try some other things and see if we could intervene before going straight to the medicine. Um, and then that has, that has evolved. I've seen how the medicine can help, but I've also seen how the, those other activities can help. So it just is kind of a combination and really depends on the situation and, and the needs, but relying, I don't feel like it's great to just rely solely on the medicine or to rely solely on, I think there's gotta be a balance there. Yeah, totally. I think, I mean, that's why I feel grateful for it because it kind of put fire under my butt to figure out what would help naturally instead of just getting on medication so I was able to figure out kind of both and realize that both are so needed so um I mean I even I was on medication last year I mean he's supportive of medication obviously he works at the hospital he is all into that and knows the benefits of it but I think that finding both value on both sides is super helpful too I love that. Okay. So we kind of wanted to, um, that's just kind of a back story. I know everyone's is so different and maybe like your spouse wants you to get on medicine and you don't like, there's so many different scenarios of what we deal with. And I don't know why, I don't know. Maybe it's just us. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe the medicine isn't a bigger, it, for some reason it felt like a, a thing in between us. Like it felt like I wanted on it. He didn't want me on it first. You know, he wanted me to try different things or, um, I don't know. It just kind of felt like this thing we both had to figure out and then work through ourselves. And so we're going to kind of talk about, you know, there are going to be those things, whether it's medicine or maybe it was like signing up for Anya, or maybe it was trying different things. Maybe it's getting a gym membership and you're trying to do it for your mental health. Like there's different things that can kind of come up between you that either cost money or is a health concern. Like you're physically taking a pill or you're taking time away from your family. Like there's so many different scenarios that can kind of come between you because you feel one way and your husband feels a different way or he doesn't totally understand what you're feeling so he doesn't get why you need to pay for that membership or whatever 
Um, I think talking about this is, is just crucial and we're actually going to dive into that. I'm going to let you take it away a little bit. Okay. Well, I'm going to pull a lot from this book. It's called Crucial Conversations. It's one we've used in my, um, with my employer and it's a big, they do different courses and things on it. And it's really about having these crucial conversations and keeping dialogue open and that communication open among not only significant others, but family, colleagues, friends, just understanding how you communicate, how they communicate and coming to a point where, especially during those crucial or big time conversations that you are going to come up with everyone, how to approach those and how to um, work through a solution together where you're both coming away with meaningful, impactful conversation and not, it's not a win-lose. You're not trying to win a conversation or win a debate, but you're coming with this shared purpose and shared meaning and coming away both satisfied that you've had that dialogue and you've discussed what's needed to discuss. And so um, just kind of focus on the, the first chapter for, for right now. Um, and it's basically about what's a crucial conversation. And there is a section in there on in relationships and improving your relationships. And they go on to talk about how everyone argues, obviously, about important issues, but not everyone, as far as couples go, split up. A bunch of couples split up over arguments, um, but it's how you argue that matters. And they categorize the arguments in the three, three categories, basically, is with couples, they either do threats and name-calling during an argument, they silently fume, you know, and can't talk to each other for a period of time. Or the third is to speak openly, honestly, and effectively. And I know for us that we don't get to that point until maybe some silent fuming and <laughs> some other things, but um, it's the goal to, to obviously get to that openly honest um, communication. And so they followed a bunch of the dozens of couples and they were able to predict 90% of divorces just by you know, following those, looking at evaluating those different ways that these arguments were were happening, and so that's just kind of in the back of your mind. And that's something to to think about: is are there topics that you've been avoiding? Um, how do you approach those? Do you make sarcastic remarks in arguments, especially with your significant others, when it matters the most? Are you on your worst behavior? That's one of the points it makes in the book. And I just think that's really a, a thought-provoking statement. And these are really important conversations and how are we acting during those? And I think all of us can, it's not something that you just get and you're good. Different arguments, different conversations are gonna require different emotions and cause you to respond differently and so that's where communication really affects our overall health more than people you know really think the way we talk or don't talk really affects our body and our health um, in the long run so i love this too because i feel like 
obviously like the first conversation we had when I opened up about having mental health issues, that was like the hardest part. Um, so I love the, just the different points you went over are things like day to day with different conversations. So it doesn't even have to be with mental health issues. It could be any type of thing. Maybe it's his family doing something or my family's doing something or a plan we had in mind, or we were, I was assuming something different than he would, whatever it is, like having that kind of be how we are responding to different things, I feel like it helps a ton. But as far as the mental health side of things, I felt like having that first initial conversation was the hardest because I think you want to find a safe place to be to share those things. And I think we put ourselves on a pedestal where it's just like, I don't want them to think a certain way about me because I want to look like, it's like when they, it's like when they come at like five o'clock, you hurry and clean the house just so that your house is like spotless by the time they get home. <laughs> but it's, it's those things that we, we in our minds think, you know, we want them to think a certain way or feel a certain way about us. And so we kind of have to get to this safe place, but you have um, this outer circle of silence. And then inside of it, you have safety. And it's almost like you have to break through that silence to get to that safety spot to converse with each other. And in that safety spot, he can share his, his things and I share mine and anything can be on the table. I think that's the thing is we do avoid those things that are scary to talk about that aren't pretty, that aren't, you know, just feel normal or whatever it is, or we just feel like it's, it's hard. You have to find that safety. And sometimes that's our person is our spouse. Or sometimes that's our best friend or whatever it might be. Um, and that's okay too. I think it's okay to have certain things you tell your spouse, but then have like a girlfriend that can you can dump your emotions onto because they understand that emotion. But I also truly believe being transparent with each other, having that transparency also allows that that inner circle of safety to where if I did need to expound on something, he would understand and same like back and forth it's a trade you can't just have one person open up about something really hard and then have them not share anything back so that's been super helpful for us I think um but this book has been awesome just to dive into a little bit he's studied a bunch more into it but I think that there's just different things we kind of want to touch base on we could go hours with this book and different things that we wanted to talk about. So maybe we'll break this up and do another one of these later. I just wanted to share a couple of things maybe that we do that are tangible ways to help each other in addition to um, this first chapter of this book. And the one thing I wanted to add, and I've talked about this before on my social media, but it's called Tea Time. And his dad actually told us about this, to do this when we were getting married. And it's been awesome and so helpful. And I feel like it's kind of the segue that led me to be able to feel safe to talk to him. But I think the more we have this tea time, which is time, talk, and touch for 20 minutes every day. That doesn't mean like touch, touch. It just means like you can hold hands, hang out, or cuddle, or whatever. We have some journals we have too, but it's just like 20 minutes every single day, no kids, like just you and each other. And you just talk about anything. Like it can be something deep. It can be something funny. It can be you can almost just sit there and like say a few sentences and just like, if you're just tired, you can just sit and be together. Like just being, being in each other's presence, I feel like it's huge too. But doing that has allowed it, that space to talk about stuff so much easier. So if I've built up all this emotion and he has work stuff he's dealing with and we both feel on different pages, it's really hard. So when we have our time to just have tea time, it gets us back on the same page. And then I'm, I feel like I can say, you know what? I'm dealing with some really bad anxiety or I feel really scared at night or I feel, you know, I, he hears about everything, <laughs> everything I'm dealing with because 
that's my first step in healing. So that's my challenge for you guys is to just have that first step. If you haven't had it yet, maybe your husband has no idea you're suffering from any type of mental health and help them understand. Um, it's kind of like, I don't know, since he doesn't deal with it as much as I do, it's almost like trying to, like if you had a broken arm and he hasn't had a broken arm, how do you explain what a broken arm feels like? It's really hard to, to explain the pain and the suffering you're feeling when they don't totally understand or have never been there. Um, but it's so important for that support to be there, if anything, even if they don't understand how you're feeling, even if they have, they think it's in your head or whatever it is, I just am so grateful for how he's turned around and had uh, and on this whole journey we've combined to be open with each other, whether we understand each other or not, at least we're on the same page. So I don't know. I hope that helps a little bit. I think as time goes on and you do different practices like our tea time and different things like that and, and start opening up to each other, even if you were to just say to your husband, I want you to be my person so that they know that you're coming to them in a, in that vulnerable space. You're coming to them in a place where you're wanting someone to be in their circle and they should like, wouldn't I, that, if you told me that I'd be like so honored, <laughs> I'd be so like grateful that you had said that to me and you weren't going to your best friend, you know? So I think that, that your spouse and you, you both want that and you both want to be each other's person. And I think having those uncomfortable like conversations are crucial and like, try to start being comfortable with the uncomfortable because it is uncomfortable at the beginning for sure. Even maybe for you too. Was it? Yeah, totally. I think the listening for you, just knowing that I'm listening can go a yeah. long way, but I am trying to get better on, on engaging more in that, that conversation and trying to see what your heart and your story is and, and trying. Yeah see where you're coming from I wanted to add that too like even if they're just a good listener I mean sometimes clearly you can probably tell that he's a good listener and I'm a good chatterbox but he does and I think it, it validates how you feel when you can sit with someone and have them just listen um I mean imagine being little and having and getting hurt like you just needed someone to look at you and say I'm so sorry and to pick you up and to just like wrap their arms around you they don't have to fix the problem. They don't have to make it a bigger deal. They don't have to tell you what to do. They can just sit and be with you, be in that space and make that space open for you. Um, and sometimes what we do too is like, he'll just say, okay, how can I help you in this situation? I mean, this goes for everything. So whether it's anxiety or it's like, I'm having a stressful day, what do you need in this moment? And I'll say, I'll say like, I need out. That's like a typical thing I say every day. Not every day, but a lot of times. <laughs> Lately, maybe every day. But like, I, he'll ask me, what do you need specifically for right now? And then that, in that moment, it's going to be different. Like I either need a girl's night, I need a bathtub, I need a nap, I need different things that, that I just, I don't know. It's, it's helpful for him to say, okay, tell me what you need because they can't read our minds. And it's, it's good to just remember that. Most males are the fix it type. They want to just come in and fix it and and move past it and put it and not rehash it and just move forward and so that's against our nature to really pause and support and and try and really understand so I think again just having that dialogue is I feel you get 
know, frustrated when this comes up or this is why it's important to me, share that story a little bit more and really portray why it's important to you and why you need him to understand where you're coming from and what you can do together, meaning what's, where's that connection? Where's somewhere you can build off of to, to see where you can take it. Um, Cause you don't want to, you don't need to fix it. You don't want to bury it. You just need someone to be there or to continue to just talk about it. Cause it's important to you. I just want to share one more piece in this, in this chapter. Um, again, relating to, you know, the way you talk or don't talk, don't talk affects your body. It says this, it could kill you is what it says. And the short answer is yes. The longer answer suggests that the negative feelings we hold in, the emotional pain we suffer and the constant battering we endure as we stumble our way through unhealthy conversations slowly eat away at our health. In some cases, the impact of failed conversations leads to, leads to minor problems. In others, it results in disaster. In all cases, failed conversations never make us happier, healthier, better off. So how about you? What are the specific conversations that not you the most? Which conversations, if you held them or improved them, would strengthen your immune system, help ward off disease, and increase your quality of life and well-being? So, because really you need to start with yourself to know how you're going to get unstuck when you're in those situations, to know how to share your heart and to share your story. And so it's important to, to start with yourself and then understand your spouse or significant other or, or colleague or and how they respond. And then as you know each other's and you can work off conversations better starting from that point. I think that obviously there are some professionals out there that you know, say you can't go to bed angry or um, you know, that, that type of thing which <laughs> um, I think you have to do what works best for you. If you need some space to be silent, both be silent for a little bit, then you can, but you can't just not come back and have that conversation and that dialogue and whatever you need to do to make sure that dialogue is, is happening, do it. But it doesn't mean you have to necessarily do it in the moment if you're not at that point yet there's still conversations that come up for us that we struggle with how we or we say like i'm not ready to talk about that yet or if if you sense that they're in a red zone of like heated or i mean it's just like with kids if they're throwing a tantrum you can't teach them or get to them in any way so if your husband or your spouse is like heated and not wanting to talk like i'll tell i'll like storm off and he's like i want to talk about something and i'm just like right now is not the time for me to open up. Like right now is not, and I need him. I just need, I'll just say, I just need a minute. And it comes across a little more fierce than that. But, <laughs> but I think allowing that space when you're both in a good place to talk helps and not fire back and forth. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Um, just having those hard conversations and making them a priority on your list and making them happen. I wanted to add one more thing just before we end here. And that is something that me and Shay do as well is if I'm in a spot where I am needing doctor's help or medication or extra support, um, we also use a code word. <laughs> and I know not everyone does this, but for some reason it has helped so much because um, there are times where I don't necessarily want to have 
a crucial conversation right now, but I need him to know that I'm really struggling. And so I will just text him our code word. And I mean, our code word is the word dark. And that that shows to him that I am needing extra help. I'm needing that support. And I mean, I've been in very dark places with suicidal thoughts. And so whenever I send that code word, it's kind of like a, um, you know, cry for help or a 911 call to him to show him that I need every ounce of him to help me. And whatever it takes to initiate those hard conversations is so worth it. So even with the code word, he knows that he can come home. He knows where he knows what he's coming home to. And he is very sensitive and aware and helps me so much. I feel so grateful for the support that he gives me with all of my mental health, even though it's been a learning curve for him to understand. He has come such a long way to be that person for me. And I feel so grateful for him every single day. And it's the only way I'm able to survive um, with all of my different mental health issues I've had. So again, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you guys have any questions or want to connect at all, come find us over at Anya.project on Instagram or the AnyaProject.com for more information. You can also find my personal Instagram. It's at Aubrey Grossin. Um, I like to just share fun stuff over there too. Not always just this heavy stuff, but I hope that you'll come and connect and just let us know what you think about this episode. I'd love to continue this conversation with you. Any reviews and if you subscribe, it always makes my day. But also, those of you who are wanting to sign up for the Anya membership, I want to give you a code um, so that you can get your first month for free this month. And the code is I love you. So for Valentine's and because it's my birthday month, I just want to give a gift to you to have your first month free. Come join us. Come see what we're all about. Come make some friends and get on your journey to feel like a new you again. So thanks for tuning in. We'll plan on talking to you guys next week.